take my sermon with me, and I, I just go and I meditate on it, away from the phones and the busyness of the office. And I was at lunch, and, and I uh, pulled out the sermon and just started meditating on it. I felt the Lord say, you're not going to preach that this week. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just felt that in my spirit. And I've never had that happen on, in, on, a, on a weekend service here at Christian Life. I've had him change things along the way, but never saying, you're not preaching that one this week. I just I sensed it, and it's like, you need to go back to your office. I just, I just, I just left right then, and I, I, went, I came back, and I said, well, i got phone calls to make. And, you know, sometimes you just want to make sure you hear the, the voice of the Lord. And, and uh, no sooner had I got him back and sat down in my seat that a phone call came in um, from the chaplain at Skokie Valley Hospital and, and uh, just telling us the situation. We, we went over to be with the family as, as quick as we could. And as I was thinking about that and what we've been talking about, the parables of Jesus, but more specifically the, the series we have, One Month to Live, and I thought about Garth and I thought about all these things and um, I just like, the past couple of days, like, God, it can't be. It just can't be. Um, and, and so uh, late last night and this morning, God just said, we're going to do something different this weekend. And so this is, this is what's coming. And uh, it's not very long and it's not very deep, but it's, um, it's a parable of Jesus. And as I just sat down with the word last night, this, this parable came coming through again and again. It's an interesting one. What we know about parables is Jesus used parables to teach. A third of all his teachings is, is parables. A third of all the words in read in the Bible are parables. And parable means comparison, that we take this story and we set it side by side to our life and we see, does it compare to our life? How does it compare to our life? Does our life match up to what it should be? And so we're going to do that tonight with this parable. And we're going to see what Jesus is trying to teach us. The parable is called the, the rich fool, but it has much more depth and meaning than just from the title alone. It begins in Luke chapter 12, beginning of verse 13. It says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told him a story, and here's the parable that we're going to compare our lives to. A rich man had a, had a, a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come, now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Looking at the story, it's an interesting one on a variety of levels. The first one is that they would ask Jesus to be the judge or the mediator in a family situation. There's a man that comes up to him and says, hey, we, we, we need your help, you know, deciding this matter. There's this squabble, there's this, this controversy. And they say, Jesus, will you intervene in the midst of it? And, and maybe the guy that brings it up was wronged and should have got more money and he didn't, or maybe he was greedy, we don't know. But he takes it to Jesus and Jesus, we know pretty clearly in the Gospels, he's, 
he's not going to get involved in something like this. Because he didn't come, although he was a rabbi and although he was a teacher, he didn't come to decide family disputes. He, he came to die on a cross and to be our Savior. And what Jesus is interested in this situation is the heart of the man, more so than taking care of his problem. And I think that's where we've got to get to in our relationship with God, is sometimes God is more concerned with our heart than how he's going to answer our prayer. And so he, he finds this guy, and, and, and he wants to, to, to kind of take care of the situation, but, but again, really take care of the situation for eternity, not just for the short term. And so Jesus uses this story. It's an opportunity for Jesus to teach a valuable lesson. And so this is what he teaches him. He teaches him that possessions aren't the principal thing in life. I mean, it's pretty simple, and we can get that, and okay, I get that. But, but um, in this parable, even when the guy in the parable is successful, he still has stress in his life. He still worries. A lot of times we worry and stress out because we don't have enough. But here's a guy that has more than enough, and he's stressed out, and he's worried. And Jesus said, it, it's not about the things in your life. And so this guy begins to strategize who has so much. He begins to strategize. How am I going to keep it all? How am I going to take? How am I going to keep all of this for myself? And so he begins to think, and he's like, "Ah, yeah, I'm going to build bigger barns. That's the, that's. I'm going to I'm going to make a place so I can store all this extra stuff. And then when I've got all this extra stuff, I'll be all set, and I won't have any more worries. Once I get that big barn built, I won't I won't have to worry anymore. And then I can retire, and I can eat and drink and be merry." We won't look at it tonight, but I want you to go back to this passage of Scripture and notice something that just stands out. Like It, it just is unbelievable when you look at it. It's how many times, and you can look at this in your English translation, how many times the personal pronouns, either I or my, is used. Eleven times in just a few verses, he talks about himself constantly. I, my, and back and forth, and, and he's constantly self-focused. And he thinks, ah, I've got it all figured out now. If I'm going to build these bigger barn, I got it all figured out. It's all under control. Until we get to verse 21 where it says, A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but, have no, but not have a rich relationship with God. He's a fool, the Bible says. Because you have a choice in your life. You can live for God or you can live for yourself. It's just that simple. You can either do whatever you want to do or you can live for God. And this is where I want us to really dive into the parable. I want us to think about this parable for a moment because as I was just meditating on this last night, I was thinking about it. There's this, been this tremendous harvest that this guy gets. And so he's building these bigger barns so that he can hold his harvest. And when you think about it, what's really wrong with this story? I mean, honestly, I want you to think about What's the problem here? Is he breaking one of the Ten Commandments? Is he doing something wrong? Is he, is he evil? No, he's not. He's doing the common sense thing, isn't he? I mean, if you think about it, he's making a wise investment. He's taking care of the things that he needs to take care of for his life and his family's life. He's, he's doing the common sense thing. The problem in the story is he didn't realize what time it was. He was just living life. He was just doing what you're supposed to do. But he didn't realize 
that that was his last day. And he might have been ready for the future here on this earth, but he wasn't ready for eternity. And what good is it if you've got everything set up down here, but the clock strikes midnight? I mean, you have to really think about that. You know, if, what good is it if you're not right with God? I mean, in the light of eternity, what does it really matter? Because all this guy was thinking about was his life. But he wasn't thinking about his death. He wasn't thinking about his future. His physical needs were taken care of, but he forgot about his spiritual needs. And the man was really enjoying the gifts but he forgot about the giver. And so often in life, and and it can be believers and unbelievers, we can just enjoy the gifts and we forget about the giver of every good and perfect gift. And Jesus uses very strong language here. He uses the words, depends on your translation, take heed or beware. And it's basically in our English, we say, look out. You need to look out. That's what Jesus is saying. You need to look out. I want to couple this with an epistle teaching in James chapter 4, where James says, look here, who you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live um, and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. We make so many plans in life, and they're good plans. They're common sense plans. They're plans that we have to make to survive. But have we made plans for eternity? As I was thinking about Sergio on, on Friday, probably a typical day in his life. Well, he got home from work and rested and then went out for his jog. And the thing is, is Sergio didn't know that Friday was his last day. I think it's been really good for us as a church to talk about one month to live, but i got to be honest with you, I don't know how seriously I really took it, you know. Because, hey... I think I got many years ahead and all this and, you know, I just want to get my priorities right and that's why I'm doing this. But what if I don't? Am I ready? Was he ready? And I want to declare tonight, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And I don't want to talk about him too much, but I I know I've said it before. But um, he was like infectious, you know? I don't know if if, if you guys don't know surgery. Maybe the word contagious is better. I mean, just his life. I mean, that guy could work all night and come to church and still have more energy than I do. And uh, just just loved. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, I have this picture that when I get to heaven, he's going to be at the door greeting, Pastor Dale. You know, it's like, that's how he did it every, every uh, Sunday as I walked through the door. And um, the problem is, is that something will always be missing now here at Christian Life. Another piece is missing. We're, we're talking a lot about the, the 35th anniversary of our church and the glorious future that we have, but we just begin to reminisce of the people that have gone on before, and you're just like, wow, 
there's, gonna, there's always going to be something missing. You know, what story are we writing with our life? But those stories are over, and, 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 and it's a difficult place to be. But, but I just want to share with you and, and, uh, his final Facebook post that, that he wrote. And these are his words. These are the last things that he wrote on Facebook. And he says, this is his words. It's on the screen. Ask yourselves, who am I? Do you focus your eyes on material things or on eternal things? Matthew 6, 19 through 22. And what's interesting, I looked at the date that he posted that, and that was after a sermon on the parables that we preached last time. And what it, what it showed me is that here's a guy that didn't just show up at church, but he thought about the Lord, and he meditated on the Lord, and he put it out there for his friends to think about, the things we had just talked about in church. And, and so God wasn't just one of the things in his life. It, it was the thing. I mean, if you just, if you're friends with him on Facebook, you see just the first thing he talks about, about his profile is about how much he loves the Lord and how much the Lord is, is his life. And it's like, there's a guy that was so ready. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sad as you can see that he's gone, but he was so ready. Can I read Matthew 6? 19 through 22. What's interesting is, is, is again, I don't want to spend all the time tonight, but, but the, the parallel passage, a cross-reference for the passage of, of Matthew 6, 19 through 22, is actually the verses that just follow the parable that we read, the parable of the rich fool. And so, But I'm going to read it out of Matthew 6 because that's what he wrote. And he said this, Do not store up your, for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Because this is where it's all at in verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So my question for you tonight is, where's your heart? Right now tonight, as your pastor, I have to ask you, where is your heart? What are you living for? Are you living for this life or for eternity? Because Jesus says it this way in the following verses in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, you may say, well, this is a passage about money, and, and it is. But you can't serve both. You can't serve both this life and the life to come. When you think about money, we work hard for our money, and we worry about so many things. And, and money is one of those things that actually kind of requires worship in some ways, doesn't it? Because we have to work for our money, and we have to do, you know, we can't live without money. And, and it's kind of like, God, oh, we can't live without God. So we it, it, it almost like it requires us to, to worship it in, in some ways. But God says, you know what? Be careful. Be careful. Are you living for your paycheck or are you living for your crown? Are you living for today or are you living for eternity? You can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. And so I want to make sure that we as a church are serving the right master and we're living for eternity. And I don't share this very often, but, but 
part of being a pastor is that when someone is dying, we go over to their house. And, and, and it'll be private. It'll just be you and me. And, and at that moment, if, if you know that your time is short, we'll talk about eternity. And, and I just make sure I do this, or my dad does this, or Pastor, we, that we go, and we have this conversation with you, and you say, hey, is there anything we need to talk about? Is everything okay between you and God? I can't tell you how many times we've done it, and, 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 and you just have that talk, and it's amazing what comes out some of those times of confessions or different things that people have been holding their whole life, and and, and you just, and, and most of the time, everything's good and it's all good, but you just want to know, as a pastor, you just want to know that it's okay. And, and I remember as a youth pastor, even with my kids, with the children, it's like, I don't care what you do in life. I really don't. I just want to see you there. When, I, when I'm there, and, and I, I want to get there long before you do, but when you walk through that door, there'll be no greater joy. I don't care what you do. I just want to see you there. And I, I'm saying that to our congregation. It's like, I just want to see you there. So I can't visit you because I couldn't visit Sergio that last day. We got to the hospital too late. There was no talk. And I know he's good. I know it's all good. I know it's all good. But I want to talk to you tonight. And I want to talk to the people tomorrow. And just ask, is everything okay? Everything right between you and God. You're living for eternity, right? You're not living for this life. You're living for all of eternity. Do that heart check. Ask yourself, is Jesus the king of my life? The other parables we preach about will be about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is simply wherever Jesus is king. And you can say, well, that's everywhere. Well, it should be, but it isn't. Because there's a lot of lies and even people that sit in church where Jesus is not the king of their life. And so just ask yourself, is Jesus the king of my life? Is his kingdom inside of me? Because the man in our parable was thinking about his life, but he forgot about his death. And ultimately, he lost out on eternity. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't a big sinner. He just didn't have it ready. And he was foolish. You don't have to be foolish. You can get it all ready tonight. And so that's why I just want to spend some time in quiet prayer. And, and so I'm going to invite Leanne to, to come to the keyboard. And I, I really have no agenda for this time except to talk to you about getting right with God and having your heart ready for eternity. Because if we get to have that talk, we'll have it. But in case we don't, in case something happens, in case I don't get there in time, I just want to know, are you ready? Are you ready? Would you just bow your heads and your hearts? And, and I might talk a little bit, might pray a little bit, I don't know, but I'm just going to ask Leanne to, to play the keyboard. I know that Sergio is worshiping the Lord. He can't talk to us here. He's busy in the presence of the Lord. If he could, I know that he'd say the same thing. Guys, be ready. You don't know. You just don't know. You don't know if cancer's right around the corner. 
on life. And if God gives you many years, what are you doing with those years? Don't be foolish. Don't try and serve two masters. There's worries and stress in this life. I know, but Jesus says over and again, don't worry about tomorrow. Trust in me. I'll take care of you. you just pray tonight. I'm, I'm going to let you have some time alone with God. In case you don't know, I just I need to say this. That you need to have a personal relationship with God. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. The only way to get to heaven, the only way to be right with God is to be either 100% good or 100% forgiven. And no one is 100% good. But everyone can be 100% forgiven. Because Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins. And he paid the penalty for your sins. And we accept what he did on the cross for us. And the Father looks down and says, there's no penalty for you. And we get to be with God. And, and the greatest part of that is that's why God created you to be in relationship with Him. And I just want to tell you that if you don't surrender your life tonight, He's not going to give up on you. He's going to keep coming after you again and again. He loves you so much. Accept what Jesus did on the cross. Believe that He died for your sins. He rose again, and he says that someday we'll all rise with him. He will never die. He says he's going to wipe away every tear. Isaiah 25, 8 says he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away all your tears. I could tell you what to pray, but I'd rather just have you some, have some time with the Lord and, and pray on your own. For those of us that have said that prayer and we know, can you just check your heart tonight? Pretend I was visiting you with those final days to live. Just asking, hey, is everything all right between you and God? Is there something you need to get right or confess? Why wait till the last week of your life when you can be free of it now? When you can be living a life abundant now? Why wait? I'll give you some time with Lord.
God, I just thank you for the time we've had with you tonight. And I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're so patient with us. When we get focused on this life, the cares, easy and your burden is light. You'll never leave us and you'll always be there for us. God, I just thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we just would not walk out of here the same. We just walk out of here right with you. And we'd walk out of here changed with a new focus and a new direction for life. And, and God, that we would focus on forever and not just tomorrow. Lord, even watch our, our mouth as we speak and convict us of the Holy Spirit if, if we're planning too much. And we always act with a reverent heart according to your will and if you allow. God, I thank you for each person here, each individual, each family that's represented in this room. And um, Lord, thank you that you allow us to do our church and our life together. But Lord, thank you so much that we get to spend eternity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you. And um, Lord, we long for that day, but until that day, we will be your church and we will live for you. And uh, it won't be just about building bigger barns for ourselves. It'll be about building your kingdom. And so, Lord, uh, be with us tonight. And uh, God, I do thank you for your word tonight. God, I don't even know how to pray this, but would you be with Diane and Daddy tonight? And, uh, and uh, nothing we could do but just sit there. God, you can give peace that doesn't even make sense. The past is understandable. And when they pray, may they just feel your presence. May they feel your love. That Lord may be there the strength of their life is gone. Lord, you'll never leave them. And you're the new strength of their life. For Garth and Kim, just be with them tonight. Heal them, Lord. Make it an even bigger testimony. We honor you tonight, Lord. We love you. And we know that it's big to us, but God, nothing's big to you. You can handle it all. So Lord, we just thank you. We honor you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.